It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, guys? It's episode number 333 of the Locked on Redskins podcast, a special extra, extra weekend edition as the Redskins get ready to take on the San Francisco 49ers. One o'clock on Sunday, one o'clock Eastern time, that is. Some of you, obviously, are not on the Eastern time zone, so I should qualify that. One o'clock Eastern time on Sunday afternoon at FedEx Field as Kyle Shanahan and the 5-0 and San Francisco 49ers roll into town against the 1-5 Washington Redskins. It is homecoming weekend, alumni weekend for the Redskins. It's always been a tricky, uh, tricky weekend in terms of how opponents uh, take this. I think Kyle made a snide little comment about it the other day. Uh, Whatever. I mean, it is what it is. The Redskins pride themselves on the history because that's all they have. They don't have uh, anything else. They have history Um, and they have the history to prove it. And that's what they are. And that's what they're trying to sell. Nostalgia. Uh, that's the way it is. All right, let's start off this episode. It'll be a shorter episode uh, because of uh, just the extra nature of it. Uh, either way, we thank you for listening. Let's start off this episode with Greg Minuski, the Redskins defensive coordinator. He's still the defensive coordinator, despite Jay Gruden, who handpicked him. Uh, and I, I want to get to something uh, because I, I feel like this is the reason why Greg Minuski has not been fired. And Jay Gruden basically confirmed it, and I had been aware of this, that the reason why Greg Minuski hadn't been fired yet is because Greg Minuski and Jim Tom Sewell are a package deal. Jim uh, Jay Gruden admitted on 106.7 The Fan on Friday with my friends Grant and Danny Uh, You can hear the whole interview at thefandc.com. Just go to the audio on demand section. It'll be right there on the homepage with stories and quotes and whatever. Um, Or the radio.com app, which you can rewind and listen and all that good stuff. He said, look, when he was asked about his defensive coordinator hires, he hired Minuski largely because he thought him and Tom Sula were a package deal and that would be a good thing for the Washington Redskins. And he was right about Tom Sula. But Greg Minuski obviously hasn't been able to find the winning formula for the defense to make them consistent and to make them a dominant unit or even close to a dominant unit. As a matter of fact, they've been a largely bad unit, especially on third down over the last couple of years, as we all know. So I wondered, and I think we wondered aloud on this podcast, I'm pretty sure we did, um, when Jay Gruden got fired, that if Greg Minuski were to get fired, would the Redskins lose Jim Tom Sula as well? Uh, and I know I speculated on that, and I would call it speculation. I didn't know for sure, but I assumed, I thought that was the deal. That if you fired Minuski, either before Jay or after Jay or with Jay, you'd probably also lose Jim Tom Sula. As I've reported time and time again, Jim Tom Sula only came back for one reason or primarily for one reason, Greg Minuski. He wasn't going to come back 
if Greg Minuski wasn't retained. You take that however it's worth. But Minuski met with the media on Thursday at Redskins Park. A couple of thoughts from the still defensive coordinator of the Washington Redskins. When you look back at the game the other day, do you, are you encouraged by the first three quarters or are you discouraged by the last quarter? No, I think uh, we, we keep on building. I think the first three quarters, you know, we kind of got behind. Uh, you know, uh, Fitzy came into the game and uh, he played well. You know, he's just a, a veteran guy that knows where he's going to go with the ball. And uh, they drove the, the ball down, I think, uh, two times. The one time we did stop them. So, you know, overall, I think, uh, you know, it was a good performance for our defense. You know, we got to make sure at the end of the game we, uh, you know, tie the knot and get out of the game, which we did, you know, for us uh, at the end of the game. We saw the Landon Collins blitz in Miami. Did, yep. did you draw up a more aggressive game plan for the Dolphins? Uh, no, I think just overall there's some game plans that we have him going at times and other times we don't. So, you know, overall it depends on who we're playing. You know, he's such a, a very good player, of course, in the coverage and hopefully, you know, what I've seen him do in the, in the pat, in, uh, versus a uh, pass rush, you know. So, you know, just in that situation he was uh, – he let it go and got a sack. John Dion appears to kind of be getting more and more time there. And yes. Are you impressed with what he's been doing? Are you kind of pleased? Did he kind of take that time himself from? Yeah, I mean, you know, we got three guys that are rotating inside basically with Bostic, you know, with Cole and then Sean Dion. So I'm excited about all three of those guys, you know. How about Settle, too? It's another guy it feels like has maybe ticked a little. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, Tim's uh, still a young guy. You know, I always say the second, guy, the second year, you start figuring it out a little bit, and then all of a sudden your third year, you start figuring it out a little bit more. Uh, he's been doing a great job, you know, across the board out in practice. You know, and we got the confidence Jimmy, Jimmy does as well, you know, that uh, he can get it done. So looking forward for uh, him to play some more even. This Niners offense is, is very dynamic, one of the best in the league. They run the ball really well. They use play action. What are you trying to get your team to, to really focus in on for San Francisco? I mean, you got to be physical. They're uh, the running football team, just like you said. Uh, we got to be physical up front, gotta be physical on the edge. We got to be physical inside. And they're going to play action, you know, and try to get up, get up the field with the, with the wide receivers. So, uh, you know, we got to protect both ends and, uh, you know, I mean, they're a very good offense. Is there any different emphasis on takeaways right now and on, on, on getting more turnovers than, say, earlier in the year? Or is that, has that changed in any way since the early weeks? No, the more you can get, the better off you're going to be. But, uh, you know, Dunny's been playing real well. You know, I'm excited about him. You know, the last couple of weeks uh, since he's been back, uh, you know, he's been making plays. And uh, he understands the game now, you know. And I think a couple of years ago, he was a wide receiver initially coming in. And then now for, from a DB's perspective, it's unbelievable how a guy can grow into the system and uh, have success. And then, Greg, uh, two questions for you. The first, Troy Apke played 10 snaps against Miami after not playing much the entire year. What prompted you guys to put him in for an increased role? Uh, it was just uh, uh, packages that we usually have, you know, based upon uh, who we're playing. Uh, with the Shazer going down, uh, that's why he stepped up and was put in a place where he was, and uh, he was successful. And then uh, second, Coach Callahan has implemented some good-on-good good periods, first-team offense versus first-team defense, uh, which you hadn't done in the beginning of the year. How do you think that's helped the defense uh, so far these past couple of weeks? It's just, a, it's just you know, a lively situation where you get four or five plays uh, go against each other, you know, 
it's not so much scheme, it's so much, uh, you know, just getting after guys, which is fun. You know, that's what football is. Is that different situations and different downs each practice? Callahan kind of just switches yes, it up? basically that's what it's been, you know, different situations based upon first and second down, third downs, or just individually so you can win. Were you surprised that they went for two at the end of the game the other day? I'm always prepared for it. If they did, they did. And they was, did. That, was that a play, too, that you, you kind of sensed that they might run in that situation? It seemed like you guys had that pretty well bottled up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> to that point, were you surprised when you called the timeout on the two-point conversion that they came back out and tried it again? The same formation, anyway? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a situation where we saw what they had. And then uh, from a situation that, you know, we had planned going into the game, we played pretty well. All right, that's defensive coordinator Greg Minuski meeting with reporters on Thursday at Redskins Park. Coming up next, we will have part two of Eye on the Enemy, a look at the San Francisco 49ers on offense. If you're missing the statistical look at the San Francisco 49ers on defense and how dominant they have been through their five games, make sure you check out episode number 332. Uh, from uh, and dated October 18th, 2019, and subtitled Scary Terry No More. That's got the eye on the enemy look at the 49er defense. We'll split it up and do the offense. Jimmy G and a strong running game from Kyle Shanahan and the undefeated Niners who come to FedEx this Sunday. That's next. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, it is Chris Russell with you on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us as always. Please make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins, for all the latest Redskins news, information, nuggets, video clips, audio, all sorts of different things, podcast links. At Locked Redskins is how you follow that. At Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram, at Locked on NFL Net. Uh, And as well, Please support all of our sponsors. Can't do that without, can't do this without them. Can't do this without you. Please spread the word as well wherever you download this Locked on Redskins podcast or any Locked on podcast. All right, let's do this on episode number 333. So Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers waltz into town this Sunday at FedEx Field. And they're undefeated. And their defense is absolutely ferocious. Again, we went over that in detail on episode number 332. But did you know, largely because of a strong running game, their offense is pretty damn good too. It's not explosive. It's not dynamic. But it's pretty damn effective. 408 even yards per game. That's number three in the NFL. 5.86 yards per play. Overall, that's 10th in the NFL. Rushing yards per game. 179.8. That's number two in the NFL. Rushing yards per play, 4.61, which seems fairly good, right? Fairly high. It is, but it's only 12th in the NFL. It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. 
these things tend to shake themselves out over the course of the year, but just seems kind of low in terms of the actual ranking for a 4.61 average. Now, the one area that certainly you would say can be better for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, and this is where they may be exposed because they don't have dynamic wide receivers, they're passing yards per game, 228.2. Not bad, 21, uh, 21st in the NFL. But pay attention to this. Because of George Kittle and because they've hit some big plays, a 7.76 passing yards per play rate, that's fifth in the NFL. Fifth. A 3.40% interception rate, 26th in the NFL. That's... Not good. So that's your opportunity for the Redskins if they can turn the ball over, if they can get some heat, if they can control the running game, and they get some turnovers via an interception. Sacks per pass attempt, 4.08%. That's fifth in the NFL. Pretty damn good. Now, they don't have their starting tackles, so keep that in mind. This is an opportunity for the Redskins to feast a little bit. And I'm sure Kyle will have a short passing game knowing that. But the bottom line is, is this is an opportunity for the Redskins to get home. 22.8 first downs per game. That's seventh in the NFL. An 11.5 punt return average. That's third in the NFL. Richard Hightower, my guy, again. Kickoff return, again, it's been diminished across the league. The 49ers have the worst kickoff return unit in the NFL, number 32 overall. A 60% only field goal percentage, that's 30th in the NFL. So something to keep an eye on on Sunday. 45.45% on third down, that's tied for ninth. They are 100% on first down, that's tied for first. Red zone. Not very good. Converting uh, red zone opportunities into touchdowns, only 45.45%. 26th in the NFL. Goal to go, 66.67%. 18th tied in the NFL. Again, these are signs that they don't have that dynamic receiver that can make a difference, and teams, especially in the red area, compressed space, can pay attention and bracket Kittle a lot better and more than they can in the open field, and on the length of the football field. Average time of possession, 35.03. That's number two in the NFL. Uh, listen, it is as simple as this. If the Redskins are all, defense is on the field for 34, 35 minutes on Sunday, I can almost guarantee you they don't have a chance. They played over 31 minutes, I think it was, last Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Some of that certainly in the fourth quarter when the Dolphins had the ball more, and they moved their offense. I got it. But the bottom line is, is no defense is going to be as good when they're asked to play 33, 34, 35, 36 minutes a game compared to 26, 27, 28. If the 49ers keep converting third downs and they hold on to the football, good night. And the 49ers are averaging 29.4 points per game. That I Listen, the 49ers, they're a sneaky offense. Again, it's because they run the football. And people can diminish the run all they want. Those people are uninformed. I'm sorry. If you look at the if you look at the most successful offenses so far in the NFL, 
The New England Patriots, 31-7. The Baltimore Ravens, 30.7. The San Francisco 49ers, 29.4. Kansas City, 28.9. What does that tell you? Their run offenses per game are pretty good, number one, at least San Francisco and Baltimore. Number two... When you look at rushing yards per play, Baltimore, number one in the NFL. San Francisco, as we mentioned, number 12 in the NFL. Kansas City and New England lag. But again, it seems like people think there's only one way to win. And that's never been true, and it never will be true. Seattle's another perfect example. Again, their numbers aren't great. 130.5 per game rushing. Ninth in the NFL, 4.08 per play. 17th in the NFL. Seattle on offense, partially because of Russell Wilson and how effective he is. Great, right? 399 yards per game. That's fifth in the NFL, 6.03 yards per play. Well, part of the reason is because they take the pressure off of Russell Wilson. He didn't have to do everything by himself. People don't understand that. They average 27 and a half points per game. Again, there's multiple different ways you can score and multiple different ways you can run an offense. One of them, very much still, that is alive, despite what all the analytics nerds will tell you, is running the football. And that's what the 49ers do really well. I'm Chris Russell. This is Locked On Redskins. We finish up episode number 333 next on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, And you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we finish up this episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast with a couple minutes with Redskins quarterback, first-round pick Dwayne Haskins, the backup quarterback, inching closer to his first NFL start. I still maintain he'll probably start right after the bye week against the New York Jets. We will see. Certainly not this week, but Dwayne Haskins meeting with reporters. Dwayne, let's start with Wednesday's practice, and you got all the reps. How'd it go? Went great. Um, Felt good to get out there and just uh, run the show and be able to have to look over my shoulder and have some fun, and it was a good day. I feel like you're really starting to run this offense well. Uh, Yeah, just going out there. Um, just being me and uh, stop worrying about everybody, everything else. How much of a wake-up call was the Giants game? Like, oh, man, that, when they say one snap away, that's like, that's real, and I know i got to take that back up uh, I've known that since college, ever since I came in sophomore year versus uh, Team Up North at the Big House. So I never take that opportunity lately with uh, one play being away from getting in the game and 
you know, two different outcomes, two different experiences, but you can learn from both of them and make you better for next time. What have you learned from that game that in the last couple of weeks maybe you've taken a, either a different approach or an enhanced approach or whatever? Uh, it's been more aggressive and uh, just grabbing it by the horns, you know. Callahan was saying this week, he was like, you're in a little earlier, you're out a little later. Like Some of that, some of these questions are kind of coming from those comments. Like they've noticed a difference. And I don't know if you feel like there was a difference in the last two weeks. You got to take it by the horns. Simple as that. So, yeah. And what, do, what, does, what does that mean? Like, what is it when you say that? Like, what do you? It's ownership of everything. You know, I'm going to be a franchise guy, so I got to be like it, act like it, play like it, move like it. So, that's it. How much of that is understanding kind of at the NFL level what all that stuff is? Like, you kind of got the routine down now that's, that maybe you're still trying to figure out as a young player. No, I mean, I knew. I just, um, you can't really just wait for your turn anymore. You got to go seize it. So, that's what I'm doing. There's also stuff, as you know, I'm sure, like there's stuff that comes out in any season where, you know, if you're not playing, if there's, you know, coaching, whatever, mm -hmm. and, you know, whether that the organization's on the same page with you or you know, questions about you. Do you hear those things and, and how do you process them? Questions about what? Just about what? you or maybe your ability to play at this level, to do, to, you know, do some questions about learning at this level. Do you even hear those? You, you know, how do you process them? That's really a joke because, like, I pride myself on reading defenses and knowing protections and stuff like that. So I can't really pay any mind to that. And I just got to do what I got to do. And so this is like the first week I just, you know, taking it. So. Thanks, Wayne. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks Wayne. And that's Haskins. Some reporters uh, taking a little bit of an issue with uh, some of Haskins' answers. We'll get into that perhaps next week. And now a couple of minutes with Redskins offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell at Redskins Park on Friday. 49ers obviously have been tremendously su successful on defense this year. To you, where does it start? What are the things that have allowed them to be so good through five games? Well, first and foremost, you can tell they're very well coached. I mean, uh, across all the position groups, um, it starts at the top. Obviously, with their D coordinator, he does a great job. You can see his energy, you know, his enthusiasm, and, and you can feel that the players really play hard for him. Um, the position coaches do a great job. They do a great job in the back end with their coverages. Uh, they're obviously led by, you know, Richard Sherman in that DB room, a, an unbelievable veteran that's done so much in this league. And really at every level, the defensive line, there's a, there's a really great mix of, you know, playmaking from younger guys as well as veteran players that have been there, done that. Same at the linebacking spot and, and the safety spot. It's, it's a really impressive group of guys, and they've been playing really, really well together, playing really hard and uh, putting a lot of pressure on offenses. It seems like they also defensively, you look at what they did to Jared Goff last week, it doesn't seem like it's just the edge rushers and the line. They seem to do a lot of things off of that. And just what is the challenge just in terms of schematically matching up with what they like to do? Yeah, the edge rushers get a lot of the credit and, and likely it's, it's due because they're they're tremendous pass rushers. They've got three or four of them on the edges that'll, you know, give you problems if you don't really focus on how you're going to uh, try to stop them or, or limit their impact on the game. But uh, I was actually in San Francisco the year that uh, Buckner was drafted, uh, and, and from day one he was an impact player. And, and Eric Armstead was already there. Uh, you know, Ron Blair was there. I mean, guys that I watched practice and really grow. Um, from when I was there during that season. So I know all about those guys up front. Uh, and then obviously they add uh, a very, you know, a very high quality linebacker in Alexander in free agency to go with the back end that's really kind of gelled together. A lot of those guys have been together now at least a couple years. 
um, going back a few years before that for the guys like Tart and Jimmy Ward and, and some of those guys. So uh, top to bottom, like I said, I mean, they do a lot of really good things to complement each other. Uh, the scheme complements the players. They do a really good, jo good job fitting the playmakers in the spots by down and distance where they want to try to make some plays, whether it's a pressure here from the nickel spot or safety pressure, whatever it is. Uh, but then just the good old-fashioned four-man rush with games like a lot of the teams we see in our division, the Philadelphias, the Dallases, trying to put pressure on you that way. So it'll, it, it'll be a huge test uh, across the board, first, second, third down, situationally, uh, down in the red zone, short yardage. Every, every situation that we work really hard on will be a huge test this Sunday. And I know, like, the Rams went down using their run game last week and then kind of got stopped after that. When you look at their, because everybody talks about their defenses, about the pass game, and I can see the stats about their, their run defense. What is the big challenge there running against them? Just the, you know, they're incredibly powerful up front. Uh, you're going to play against a loaded box for a lot of the day, um, but they've also had some success stopping people playing too high coverages and, and allowing that front to just play, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a six or seven man front and let the safeties and corners kind of roam in their coverages and, and occasionally, like I said, fire a blitz or a dog um, that cause you some problems. And, and right about the time you get locked in on this or that, they do something different and then uh, schematically provides, uh, you know, you'd say it would provide you with some opportunities, but you got to be very careful um, trying to be too aggressive in those situations when those plays maybe present themselves. So like I said, just every, every level of the defense, um, every aspect of throwing the football, you got to be really careful about what you're doing uh, into their coverages as well as with the pressure they have. But then running the football, whether you're going to be in a, it's going to be a zone game. Um, we try to condense the formation down, spread the formation out. They've got some answers because their scheme is so sound. We had a chance to ask Bill about the fullback earlier this yep. week, so I'm curious your thoughts about adding one and what kind of flexibility that gives your offense going forward. I think it's, you know, it provides us tremendous flexibility, especially Michael's done a great job coming in, obviously understanding his role, but, but we want to see where we can go from here. Obviously, short week with him coming in and, and just having two or three days of practice, we're going to try to, you know, hopefully get him in there a little bit on Sunday if he's ready to go. Um, Randy Jordan, our running backs coach, has done a tremendous job getting him ready to go. And really how that fits in with how we want to run the ball is just another layer you know, of execution that we think we feel pretty good about. And then all the complimentary plays that come off of it. And that's Kevin O'Connell, Redskins offensive coordinator and play caller. That's going to do it for us, Redskins 49ers, Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock Eastern time from FedEx Field Homecoming Weekend. We will be back with another edition of the Locked on Redskins podcast that evening. Thanks for being with us. I'm Chris Russell. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.